This is the coolest show brought to you by Hip Hop Caucuses. Think 100%. It's the coolest show you know. Keep the culture connected. It's the coolest show you know. In your ear, yeah, respect the expert level information, entertainment, education. Rev here, we got you covered as you hit your destination. Climate rules everything around me. Cream. For those who lost focus, close your eyes and just dream. Open your third eye, now the world is your off. Coolest, coolest show you know. It's the Hip Hop Caucus. Hey everyone, this is Rev Yearwood from The Coolest Show, and I want to first say thank you for all of you who have been listening to this podcast, to this discussion. It's a critical time, and it's a critical discussion, and we're so happy for the guests that we have. Well, within this critical time, we are dealing with some things that we must deal with, and one of those things is that we must stop petrochemicals. As many of you know, I'm from Louisiana, and that comes up through our conversation all the time here on The Coolest Show. And one of the things, my home state has a nickname that I'm not too proud of, and it's Cancer Alley. And because of that, um, and the reason for that is because we have petrochemicals throughout the state. But we have petrochemicals throughout this entire country, um, particularly in the Texas area, the Ohio River Valley area, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Ohio, and my home state, Louisiana. So this week, we have a special guest, someone from the Hip Hop Caucus, because the Hip Hop Caucus is presenting a We Shall Breathe Summit, something to organize all of us to stop petrochemicals. And with me, I have Brandy Williams, who's the national organizer for the Hip Hop Caucus. Hey, Brandy, how you doing? Hey, Rev, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. So, Brandy, let's get right to it. First and foremost, what are petrochemicals and why is the fight against them so important? So simply put, petrochemicals are chemicals that are made from petroleum and natural gas. And they're used to make products that we use every day, things like fertilizer, cosmetics, and plastic. And, you know, we've become heavily dependent on plastic in America. Um, but the reason that they're so bad is because the the process that it takes to make those uh, the chemicals is one that harms our communities because these plants are generally uh, in our communities. They're in black, brown and indigenous communities. And the people that live in those communities are getting sick. They are debilitating illnesses from the fumes from those plants. They're also uh, contaminating our land, water, and air. So all of those things are the reasons that the petrochemicals are so bad. Well, here on The Coolest Show, we've had folks here on the show discussing petrochemicals. Let's actually look back on some of those conversations. Yes, I, I want to go back to you. You know, because we having this conversation also. And people don't know that we laugh, we love, we, we, we smile. We do all these things, which is the reason why we don't want these toxins in our community. So kind of break it down for them. What you start off, what's the challenge that we're facing right now in your community um, with, with, with whatever you want to really discuss, but in Pacific around these chemicals and petrochemicals and why is it urgent? Um, in this process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there, there's a lot to say in response to, to that question, but, um, 
part of the the work that I do uh, on a day-to-day basis is as the coalition director for SEER, the Coalition for Environment, Equity, and Resilience. And that's a collaborative of 28 nonprofit member organizations who came together shortly after Hurricane Harvey. So we'll be celebrating our four-year anniversary later this year, Mm -hmm. um, really in response to this question and to this issue, to the urgency of of these challenges, Um, challenges connected to, you know, contamination and degradation and pollution of our air, our land, our water, and its impact on people and its impact on generations of, of people and their health. Um, and knowing that, you know, these these leaks and these spills and these explosions and, um, you know, these things that that happen, uh, especially during a thing like a Harvey, a big climate shock like a Harvey, they happen every day in our neighborhoods and in our communities. And with climate change, we can expect just a continuation of of a compounding and a multiplier effect of, of those incidents and, and of those um, of those things. And so as Houstonians, we have lived through many, you know, once in a lifetime events, uh, just in the past five, six, seven years. Um, and so we know that, that these issues are extremely urgent. We know that we are one of the places that's the poster child for these issues and, and what our, what our future holds. Um, and, uh, you know, these, these challenges cost a lot of money. There's, there's a huge price to pay, um, $250 billion in damages from droughts and storms and floods uh, in Texas over just the last few decades. Uh, but there's also a human cost. And, um, you know, there's a cost to families and to neighborhoods. And so SEER was really born from the storm as an entity, as a, as a table um, that could really advance policy solutions and get to the root of these issues um, and, and speak to decision makers and bring community to speak for themselves to decision makers about what's happening and what needs to change. Because I think one of the things that feels very urgent um, as a Houstonian, as a person who lives in Houston, is what happens to people on the margins. Um, you know, there's there's sort of this word of, you know, disaster recovery. And I think um, more and more of us are really seeing that as, as a myth, right? People don't recover from these things. Uh, people on the margins, some people recover, but people on the margins don't, don't ever fully recover. They're, they're made homeless, they're displaced. Um, some of them lose their life or lose family members. Um, and, you know, there's just this compounding and multiplier effect that happens and the gaps keep getting bigger. You know, in, in Meyerland, which is a uh, historically uh, white, historically wealthier suburb or part of, of Houston, after Harvey, families got home elevations and it didn't matter that it costs, you know, twice or three times the amount of the, the price of the home to elevate it. They got elevations. And then in, in Northeast uh, Harris County, there's a there's a new mandatory buyout program where people in neighborhoods like Allen Fields uh, that has a predominantly Latino population, a lot of Vietnamese population, um, and a lot of folks who live in trailer homes, they're being they're being bought out. They're being relocated. You know, the government is saying we we can't do anything else for you. You're hopelessly you know in the floodplain. And now you you've got to you've got to move you've got to leave we have to relocate you and so you know some people are made whole and some people become climate migrants and climate climate refugees 
in our own backyard. And so we know that, that you know, we need to close this gap. Um, and I guess the last thing to say specifically around the petrochemical issue is that, tech, you know, Texas plays a huge role in, in what happens and what will happen on the issue of climate justice and the issue of petrochemical um, power and of emissions reduction. If, if, uh, if Texas doesn't, doesn't move in the right direction, you know, these global emissions reduction goals, these, these at an international scale, the U.S. putting out there these goals to reduce emissions and to, you know, to meet these, these international um, agreements will not happen. Uh, Houston alone is the sixth largest metropolitan economy in the U.S., but our toxic air emissions are more than the, the top five metro economies combined. So if you add up all the five top cities and their emissions, we, we have more than that. And we have the largest petrochemical facility concentration in the world. Mm. So, you know, if, if Texas doesn't, doesn't meet these goals, doesn't, doesn't do the right thing, we can't go there as a country and we can't get there as, as, a, as a globe, as a, as a world. Um, so the stakes could not be higher. The urgency could not be greater. We've got to get it right. Now we're back with Brandy from the Hip Hop Caucus as they prepare for the We Shall Breathe Summit. Brandy, how is the Hip Hop Caucus approaching petrochemicals? We are in this fight to end the uh, petrochemicals. We want to stop the plants from being built and we want to shut down the plants that are already built. We want to be able to make sure that the people in our communities are healthy and thriving. And to do that, we have to get petrochemicals out of our country and out of our communities. I know that's right. And again, here's one of our past guests fighting petrochemicals in their community. Let me ask you this, because you mentioned, you know, now that you are here, you've received awards now for your work. Um, congratulations on all of that. You you are you are doing this. And so I have a really a two-part question. The first part is now that you've seen the this environmental movement, when you got into it, and I believe you and many Folks like you around the country, uh, frontline, fenceline communities, that is what the climate movement should be. But a lot of times it don't look like that. And nothing wrong, we want a movement that has everybody in it. But I'm sure now it's a lot of people pulling on you who, not from your community, don't look and sound like you, don't understand. How does that feel, actually, now as you get more and more into this climate movement, so to speak? Well, some of the people that's pulling on me from other states, other parishes, some of them understand and they express that, that they understand and that they are fighting in their communities too. I have members in my own organization who don't have faith. Mm. They, they let me do all the work and they say when they want something done, they come bring the idea to me. And I tell them, my plate is full. You, you handle that. They look like they don't know what to do. And um, for example, my brother, when we first got started with this, they are all they're all on board with me now. Don't, don't get me wrong. He came to me one day, he said, sis, I believe you. 
we're going to suffer, Mosa. I said, you finally believed after all this time. You didn't, you didn't believe before? He said, no, sis. I didn't know you didn't believe. Then a few more told me that they, they believe we're going to stop this plant. I said, all this time, a year passed, year and a half passed, and y'all walking with me and y'all didn't believe. <laughs> but that was, I felt so good to know that they believe. Mm. So, I don't know, I just, I guess a lot of people don't believe. People in my community, in my church, they don't believe. And one lady, she's in my choir at my church. And the priest was announcing something about my Goldman Award. And the lady sitting right next to me, she said, Famosa is coming. She said it with anger in her voice. Mm. I, didn't, I, I didn't answer her. So I'm, I'm not going to let her steal my joy when the priest was speaking. You know, that poor lady, I pray for her. She's, she's, she worked in the, um, the public building in St. James, and she worked with some governmental uh, program or something. Or oh, she finds jobs for young people, I think. And if Famosa comes, that's jobs that, that she can present to the young people. So she put on Facebook. It was like it was like she was angry. Three of them looked like they were angry. All three of them go to my church. And and I said, Dear Lord, we gotta pray for that lady because she said Famosa is coming. And she know I was sitting right next to her and she knew I, I, I was about to cry because it hurted me the way she said it, like, like she was positive for most of us coming. And then a few days later, she and two other ladies were on Facebook going back and forth with messages and stuff. And that lady said, Rye St. James is a, is a, is, is a joke. Mm. You know, that poor lady haven't been back to church since that. She have asthma. She has to get a hello pump, you know, to breathe with. Mm -hmm. And I pray for her. And I said, dear Lord, I don't see her at church anymore. And she sit right, right next to me in the choir. So I said, "Poor thing, she really don't believe." So I don't know. It just it hurted me the way she said it. It was like an arrow went through my heart. Mm. And then one one time I was on the phone with someone. This is a very powerful man, and he was on the phone with me, and he didn't know I was on the phone on the on the on a Zoom call. I meant to say a Zoom call, and he started talking. You know, because sometimes, you know, you'd be on the calls, you know, and, and everybody introduced themselves. Mm -hmm. And on that morning, we didn't introduce ourselves. And he said, Famosa is coming and blah, blah, blah. And look like an arrow went through my heart when he said that. The tears just didn't, I had to hold back my tears because when he mm. said it, and I said, he said it like he knows something, like he knows something that I don't know. And I know what my God told me. So for him to say that, Somebody must be giving him a little something. Oh, he said it with that voice, that deep voice. And boy, it hurted me so bad. And then this, this other guy that works with us, he said, Miss, Miss, Miss Sharon wants to say something. He saw my face, the look on my face. He's a sweet guy. And he saw, he said, Miss, Miss Sharon wants to say something. And that's when the man, he, he was startled because he didn't, he didn't really know I was on the call. And he knew for Famosa is my baby. And nobody gonna put for most in my in my neighborhood. So he know that. All of them know that. So I said, for Moses, not coming. I said it strong too. It's the same way you said it. I said it too. I said, for Moses, not coming. They're not coming two miles from my home. And I went on and on and on and on. And he said, Oh no, Miss Sharon. Oh no, Miss Sharon. It's not, it's, it's not coming. It's not coming. He, he heard and changed the, his tune because, because of what I said after that. And I said, Dear Lord, 
some some people pretend that they're on my side, but God showing me all of those who are not on my side. Mm-hmm. I can see through them just just like I'm seeing through that window. Mm. But I, I don't I don't say anything. I let them think I can't see through them, and I can't I, I can't read what they're what they're what they're doing and what they're saying. They're taking big money from industry, big time money from industry. I can't say that on in public because I can't prove it. But so many of us know they're taking that money. So again, we have Brandy Williams with us from the Hip Hop Caucus, national organizer of the Hip Hop Caucus, and they are preparing for the We Shall Breathe Summit. Brandy, what is We Shall Breathe? We Shall Breathe is how we are letting everyone know, no matter what's happening um, in our communities, to pollute us, to keep us down, we will rise above it all and we shall breathe. But more specifically, We Shall Breathe is the summit that we do annually to educate and bring awareness to the issues, the environmental and climate justice issues that are impacting Black, Brown, and Indigenous communities. So it is twofold. It is a, a it is the the chant that we that we say to let people know that we are in this fight to ensure that our communities will continue to breathe and it's also a way for us to help bring people into the fight through our the education and teaching them about the different issues that are happening and giving them a call to action showing them how they can get involved in this movement brandy how can people watch the we shall breathe summit you can go to we shall breathe.com or you can go to our Facebook page, Hip Hop Caucus, um, and watch the summit on June 30th. All right. So, everyone, stay tuned for June 30th, we shall breathe.com. Let's all come together because we must stop petrochemicals. Like what you heard on this episode? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Follow us at Think 100 Climate and at Hip Hop Caucus on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit thecoolestshow.com where you can take action for climate justice right now. You can also learn more about this podcast and donate to Think 100%, which is a non-profit project. Thank you for listening and all power to repeat. It's the coolest show you know. It's the coolest show you know.